BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, Page Seven and Wizard and the Bruiser are going on tour. Yes, the release the butthole cut tour. Holden, where are we going? That's right. Starting in June, we are going to Portland, Oregon, Tacoma, Washington, Oklahoma City, Kansas City, and St. Louis, Missouri. Where can we get tickets, MJ? For tickets, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. What's that? One more time? That's lastpodcastnetwork.com. Yeah. Noise. Baby, baby, she couldn't decide on a bed, so she tried all three. (laughs) I loved this episode. MJ and I have been talking for about a half an hour. We, I love that we do this. We don't bring up anything about the episode. We save it all for Riverdale Roundup. And I love this episode. Did you love that? You must have loved this episode. I absolutely love this episode. Yes, we like to leave it all on the field here at Riverdale Roundup. We don't talk to each other before about Riverdale so that we can explode with excitement to say, hoo-hoo, finally we got a threesome. If only, oh. if only in fantasy form we did did get a brief little fantasy threesome between Reggie, oh. Archie, and Betty Cooper. Oh. And it was everything oh. we've wanted forever and more. I'm so mad. And the only reason why I'm mad is because I had to watch this episode early this morning because I forgot to watch Riverdale before we record at 8.30 in the morning. And so I had to wake up early to watch it without Jeff. And I'm so mad because he heard me downstairs going, Yes! Yes! And he's like, do I have to actually watch this Riverdale episode without you? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. You're going to have to watch it because it was a great episode. No, man, you got to re-watch it with him. It was a good enough... I would never... You know, I would never suggest you watching the same episode of Riverdale twice, but... I would rewatch this, this season. One. That's the thing. This season, it actually... Like, I would rewatch this one. Yeah, dude. Like... I would watch it with Jeff right now. It was that good. It was. So this is also it really fucked me up because obviously they're writing this as if the season started when a lot of other seasons of television start, which is, you know, especially like on um, cable. Right. Not cable. Non-cable. Right. What are the regular channels called anymore? I think I we forget. call that cable. Like You call that cable? Regular oh TV God. is cable now. I want to say that no... makes me old, but I think that makes me young. So There's no not cable, remember? Yes. So then what do you, so the regular <laughs> channels are just, are also called cable? I call it network TV. Network TV. That is what it's called. <laughs> it's network TV. And so it is, so it like, it's going along the same calendar as if it it came out when other network TV comes out and that is usually, you know, at the end of August, beginning of September. So this episode was a Halloween episode and I was just, I'm so as a goth bitch the one thing I will say I'm angry about is the fact that it is not Halloween and that we are just beginning the summer because I know that you love the summer, but I hate the summer. Yeah. And I'm just such, I'm such a cold weather bitch. And people go, why do you live in Los Angeles? Because I have to. <laughs> I don't want to live here. I want to be where it's cold. 
But that's too much about me. I was just mad because it's not actually Halloween. Yeah, I mean you're you're wrong about that part, but you're right about you're wrong about not liking summer. But you are right about this episode making me want it to be Halloween. I also, you know, I don't usually like the fall because it makes me think of the upcoming depression that I will have in the winter. Yes. But I'm trying to fight that. I'm trying to embrace to at least be a fall bitch because it's not fall's fault that the shittiest season comes right after it and so i am trying to embrace fall and i also love halloween and watching this episode i was like am i looking forward to halloween even though it's not even technically summer here in new york city yet yes um but yes it was a great halloween episode it absolutely made me thirst for real halloween and and this episode had everything namely the brief threesome between oh. Betty, Archie, oh. and Reggie. But also, we finally got a lot more movement on the spook, on the milkman stuff. Yes. And that really was what this season was missing so far. And I knew they were going to come back to it. Obviously, they've been planting the seeds, and we have faith in their seeds this season, unlike in previous seasons. But They can put their finally- seeds in me. I'll germinate plot lines. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so we finally got like our spooky episode and they they knocked it out of the park it was sp- sexy and spooky yes and multiple times i went what what <laughs> to myself which means it's a great Riverdale episode yes yeah we we got a lot even I wasn't mad at Veronica this time me neither yeah Veronica did great she did exactly what the town needed which was throw a giant sexy teen burlesque show because yes. of course she's gonna bring back the burlesque yeah she's Veronica and so we find out at the beginning of this episode that Riverdale doesn't like Halloween because a few years ago, a car full of kids very tragically died on Halloween, like a car full of high school kids. Two bulldogs and two vixens. Two bulldogs, two and they were, you know, they were being Halloween pranksters. And so ever since then, the town has kind of like been like, okay, kids are allowed to trick or treat, but teens are not allowed to be out. Like teens need to shut it down. And so right away, we are set up with, um, you know, what are all the teens going to do? I will say, of course, this starts before with Veronica showing up to school in full, barely there witch costume, which in my head, I was like, in 1955, she would have been kicked out of that school so <laughs> fucking fast for wearing essentially like a bikini of sorts with like a mesh overlay. Don't get me wrong. She looked great. Yeah, she looked good, but she would have been burned at the stake. Yes, they would have kicked her out of school so fucking fast. Weren't you supposed to like, wasn't this the era when you had to like, like get on your knees to make sure that your skirt went past your knees? (laughs) Like, like, and she showed up in a bathing suit. And all of everyone is looking at her and they're like, oh my God, Veronica. And then she like comes in and she's like, all right, I get that like my costume is bold but why is everyone looking at me like this and they're all like we basically don't do Halloween we aren't really allowed to do Halloween Sheriff Keller is like now remember kids we don't do Halloween here in Riverdale and of course this is the perfect challenge for Veronica who is trying to revitalize her stupid theater that we don't care about and she's like oh I know what I'll do I'll have like a teen night um for all of the rowdy teens to be rowdy here. And that way they won't shut me down because at least the kids aren't out on the streets. And so she starts to plan her burlesque. What does she call it? A a fright ghost show. Ah, thank you. A ghost show. Yes. A ghost show, which I was just like, is a ghost show a thing, which I want to go to a ghost show, but I've never heard of a ghost show before, but now I want to be at a ghost show. Yeah. It's a kind of a combination of, yeah, well, yeah, it turns out to basically sexy variety, just a sexy, sexy, scary variety show. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, even if you just called it a sexy, scary variety show, sign me up. And also it was gay. So it was a sexy, scary, gay variety. Variety show. Yay! It's all the things that I want! 
want. It's all the things I want in one. It made me so excited. Yeah. Because of course Veronica is sad because she can't she can't celebrate Dia de, de los Muertos with her family this year because her family has just ousted her. She's still living at the Babylonium. She does get called out for it at some point. But that is after we see the show and what she puts together. And I want to say... Um, I do want to have our shout outs and I know I'm not getting to other theories just yet, but I do want to have a shout out to Zinn who wrote in talking about a, uh, thinking that they also were going to do the musical episode as Rocky Horror because technically we were all right. And I don't know this, if this is, but then this is the question. Is this the musical episode? Because there was only two musical, uh, acts. Was there two? Was it just well, one? there was Fang singing. Oh, yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. The Hell by Squirrel Nut Zippers, which was great, yes. by the way. Yeah, that was great. You're right. I totally forgot about. I was like, oh, I was so happy that they had Fang sing. I I was so happy that I once again went back to how mad I was about last week when they didn't let him sing. Yes, um, because the F- Fang's numbers for performances have been fantastic. And then yeah, they did a Rocky Horror song, but. I'm sorry, this is not a criticism. It's just an expression of confusion. We are in 1955. Rocky Horror came out in 1975. Correct. Can you help me understand what... I mean, the squirrel nut zippers didn't come out (laughs) until the 90s. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure they just threw it all in the trash with that. I think they were just like, you know what? What if we just... Don't think about it. All right. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I don't need any more than that. I was trying to figure out, I was like, is there some like something in the text of Rocky Horror that suggests that it, it existed in the past? You know, the way that like Greece came out in the 70s, but is about the 50s. I was like, is there some reason why this might make sense in 1955? But I am very happy to just be like, nope, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't neither, make does, sense. neither does the Squirrel Nut Zipper song, which sounds like a 50s song, isn't a 50s song. That's fine. I have 1996, but I did. <laughs> what a time. I know that like we're ju- even jumping ahead, but just watching Fangs as a greaser uh, sing. And I also personally love that song. It's a great it, song. Afterlife. You got me out of some serious drive. I, every time I hear the song, I'm just like, yeah, it's a I great song. song. It is a great. I actually didn't realize at first that it was a squirrel nut zipper song. I was like, whatever this 1950s song is, is really good. And then I realized it's a squirrel nut zipper song. It's so funny because they're being so meticulous about like the literary stuff and the text. I know. And well, I love the idea that for the music, they're just like, what, whatever. <laughs> it's the past. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> as long as it's from the past, that's fine. <laughs> But then, or does that tie to a bigger thing that like, okay, is that like these little parts that are coming through that mm. is 2023 that comes oh, through into yeah. 1955? You're so right. It's like, I have no it idea. it isn't really 1955. It's all really is, is I mean, or it's it, if it is really 1955, they are still people from the future, and so in their brains somewhere is that squirrel nut it zipper lives. song is Rocky Horror, yeah, yeah. So it does make sense. It's fine. Yes, it totally works because they actually it makes are Riverdale from the sense. Yeah, it makes Riverdale sense. Definitely. Wow. So just throwing that out there that maybe these little <laughs> bits are coming through. Um, I do, well, oh God, there's so much to cover. All right, there's so much to cover in this. I know, because there's so much to talk about. I was about to bring up the fuck bunker again because the fuck bunker is not back, but um, someone on Instagram was like, wait a second, is dead Brad, Brad Rayberry's apartment the new fuck bunker? And I was like, Ugh? and that was before I had watched the episode and I got so excited. No fucking happened in it, but I like where your head's at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think right, it's good because basically what happens in this episode is the the unoccupied yet paid for apartment of Brad Rayberry has become kind of the extra property, some just vacant space that Jughead has access to. You can just go in. And so what happens for to Jughead? Also, by the way, I will say that I it pains me to say this because of everything we know about Cole Sprouse, but I do the only thing I would change about the threesome fantasy is that I would ta- I would trade out Reggie for art for a fucking Jughead. I would. Whoa, you choose 
you choose Joggy over Reggie? I would, I would. Especially wow. in, a, in a threesome with Betty, don't you want, again, let's pretend it's not Cole Sprouse. I don't know. Let's pretend it's Dylan Sprouse if he's less insufferable. Or let's okay. pretend it's just he is. somebody who looks like Cole Sprouse who doesn't have any of his personality and none of the dating history with Lily Reinhardt. Okay, none of the dating history. If we take the dating history out L- of it. Let's rewind to who Jughead was in season one, right? That's why I want the Archie Jughead Betty threesome because it's just more canonical to me than than Reggie. And if anything, Reggie and Archie, if they're going to have a threesome with anybody, it should be Veronica, not Betty, right? But that's fine. I guess, yeah, that does. You are, you are completely correct. <laughs> but I was so, like, I'm not usually, like, I'm not like a big muscles kind of gal. Like, right. I don't really care about that. Yeah. But there's something about when they did those close-ups on their arms and I was just like, Ah, yeah. like I felt myself like faint onto the couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was very, it was very good. Again, do not get me wrong. And the reason why Jughead wasn't there is because Jughead is off on his own. Jughead is getting very, he's getting a little bit of romance, I suppose, with Tabitha, but he's not really doing any of the sexy teen stuff because he's busy trying to solve mysteries. And so he gets a call from Ethel early in the episode. Ethel is at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy. And as predicted, she is not not. doing well. She is describing the nuns being abusive. She needs to get out of there. And she's like, once I turn 18 in a few months, I will be a not I won't be a ward of the state anymore and I'm, I'll be allowed to live on my own and so Jughead is like eh, come stay in the abandoned apartment of a newly dead man and she's like great well she says that after she has actually already broken out and escaped the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because the phone call was all about like essentially Jughead being like wait a second milkman we've got the milkman with Brad Rayberry Sheriff Keller's not listening to me when I'm telling him that it it was a murder that because he's like well the weird old woman down the hallway from last week was like he didn't she didn't see the milkman she just heard the milkman and that's not enough of a coinky pink to (laughs) to go for that to go, I, I lost my train of thought because I'm so excited to include Coinky Pink in the proper way. Uh, I can't believe we have to say Coinky Pink for the rest of our lives because we do. Because we do. <laughs> but that is a Coinky Pink. That is a Coinky Pink. Yes, yes. Of like, oh, it just happened to be that the milkman was there both times. Right. And the milkman is still just like, we'll get to what the milkman is up to later on in this episode. So he, so Ethel breaks out of the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, shows up at Jughead's door. You can just see the love in her eyes. I know, they're still She's making her so She's so in sad. love with him. <laughs> I know. She's so in love with him. Just kiss her. And also, give her something. I think that Jughead might love her too. He's, I think so he's too. He's like being very, very like, open and loving and warm with her. I really want them to stand each other. Like, I know he's with Tabitha. Well, someone had written in a while ago and but also had said something like that maybe that that Jughead in 1955 is more of like the ace character that he kind of was in the comics. And I don't know if he was like forever more of like an ace character, but like that he wasn't the one that was interlocked with other people. He had no, he didn't give a shit about any of uh-huh, it. He uh-huh. was the one that like that, that's like more of a jughead trait. Uh-huh. So I do also wonder, even with Tabitha, it's like, it's not hot and heavy. It's true. You know, it's, it's true. Definitely like more of like a friend, like, oh, I do like to kiss you. Yeah. But like, I, but like a friend, yeah. I like to kiss you. Like, I feel like there's not a lot of passion between them. Totally. And he do, he just, but he like really seems to have a very close and loving friendship with Ethel. And I would not be mad if they kissed. I think that it would be great. But oh God, it would be great. She loves him and they are keeping the kind of like sad Ethel thing going. But yeah, she shows up at the door and she's like, I just couldn't stay there. I need somewhere to go. And he's like, go to the dead man's apartment. And she's like, great. And then he's like, you can help me figure out who it, he's, his theory is, if they can figure out who is the author who first wrote the first Milkman Cometh, uh, the, which is, of course, an Iceman Cometh reference, the Milkman yes. Cometh comic, um, then if if they can figure out who wrote that story, then maybe that will lead them towards this milkman killer. Because, of course, the story basically predicted what is now happening in real life. And he goes to his boss and he's like, who wrote the story? 
And this guy's like, I don't know, these are comics anthologies. The writing isn't like credited individually. Um, but if you want to come to our Halloween party tonight, all the freelancers will be there. I was just thinking about like what it would be like to be like a freelance writer in 1955. Probably people could make a living at it back then. Um, I guess. Because it's just a bunch of like cool guys there, like young, weird nerds who are kind of cool. Uh, and Plus uh, Joe from Little Women. There's also Joe from Little Women who also was, well, I guess that was before 19. 1955, but that was before 1955. <laughs> Just I saying. <laughs> so, so Jughead and Ethel are going to go to. They're not even going to the the ghost show. They're not doing what any of the other teens are doing. They're going to go to the party and see if they can find the writer of the original Milkman Cometh story to figure out if they know who's the milkman there that's their that's their job and it was so i don't know why it was so weird to me because when they show up at this freelancers party this dude who we've never met before was just like jogging yes hell of a guy come on into the party and i was just like who the hell is this guy do we know this guy that was so disorienting yes i was like who is this guy i forgot what party they were even at i was like what who? And then I was like, oh, okay, this is the writer's party. I guess this is just a room full of, like, again, young men who basically look exactly like Jughead. Yes. You know, it's just like a bunch of young guys who are, like, kind of cool, kind of quirky, kind of nerdy. And I guess that's what the guys who write the comic books in 1955 are like. So, but none of them are, none of them claim to be the author until they find somebody who gives the name, do you, do you have the name on hand of the, of the guy who wrote The Milkman Cometh? They're no. like, oh yeah, it was this guy. And they were like, but then he died right after it was published. Yes. Pretty weird. He hugged himself and he left a note saying he'll never write another story as good as The Milkman Cometh. Um, and so they, you know, they really, they really did the thing. They found out exactly what they needed to know. Yes, and he also quote unquote killed himself so right. we so we are led to believe that like sheriff keller is bad at his job the fact that like i'm not saying that like there that there can't be multiple you know instances of unaliving yourself in in a small town such as riverdale but like it's gotta be. I mean, did they look around and see milk in the place? Because we <laughs> saw later on in Ethel's old home that, like, there's just like the milk canisters are out and the milk canisters are out at Brad Rayberry's apartment and there's just milk out. It's like, that doesn't alert you at all of like, yeah. why is there just like a bunch of milk out? Yeah, there's now three deaths, four since it was both of Ethel's parents, but three different instances of of, you know, violence that are tied directly to a milkman. And Sheriff Keller is just like, don't go poking around where you shouldn't, Jughead. And obviously something is going on here, especially the fact that we Brad Rayberry was a writer for Pep Comics, as was this guy who wrote the milkman story. So that, but what was the other, What didn't Jughead and Ethel also do some other like sneaking around where, because there was like several instances in this episode where we saw the jingle jangling of the milk coming. Well, there was another jingle jangle time, but we haven't gotten to there yet when it comes that was to, not, but that doesn't, yes, that, that's that not with Archie, Ethel though. Yeah. Okay. Thank that's you. That's Archie what I was buddy. thinking of. Okay. All right. Got it. Yes. No, he's everywhere right now. He's jingling, jangling all <laughs> about, but actually, wait a second. I just had a, I just had a connection, lightning connection in my brain. Hold the phone. Okay. <laughs> this is exciting. I Does it have to do with the the jingle jangle of the milk? It does have to do with the jingle jangle of the milk. Okay. It this has something to do with I think that we were talking about last week. No, okay. This also goes to what Zinn was saying earlier. Adding on to Shayna's theory about the milkman from last week. Okay. Okay. So Zinn is adding on to Shayna's theory about the milkman being a morality murderer uh -huh. at the uh, for the parental figures. Right. When Betty asks Alice, why are you afraid of me before Hal intervenes? Remember, this is when like they were having their big fight. What if Hal, being Clifford's cousin, is in on the murdering amoral parents thing, even though he's not part of the three creepy old men? What if Alice knows and that that's the whole sacrifice thing? And the reason she got so controlling with Betty was not to get 
murdered. So she's trying to keep Betty in line so that she doesn't get killed. Uh, because if they're going after, they went after the amoral mentor. Uh-huh. We don't know a lot about the writer of the Iceman, com- uh, Iceman Cometh, of the Milkman Cometh. Uh-huh. So like maybe he was mentoring something and like putting people astray. Uh-huh. But... That does also make sense because the milkman shows up outside of Betty Cooper, Betty and Alice Cooper's house. Yep. Uh huh. Right. So maybe Al, what, what the theory is then is that if the milkman is murdering people who he thinks are immoral, which is basically actually what Hal was doing when he was a serial killer in season two, if that's what the milkman in this season is doing, then Alice is trying to save Betty by forcing her to be like the most morally pure 50s girl possible yes. and not letting her be a, a slutstress. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. Yes, and then they continued, what if Alice doing the I'm no longer your mother bit to avoid being murdered because even though Brad Raybury wasn't Jughead's dad, he formally identified himself as a mentor. So maybe Alice saying that I'm not your mother. Uh-huh. Is because of that. Oh, so maybe the milkman would, she's trying, so Alice is trying to save herself from the milkman by being like, I'm not the mentor of this immoral person. I remove myself. I separate myself. Wow. Whoa. So she's not actually trying to save Betty. She's trying to save herself. Save herself, which also <laughs> lines up In with line. Alice Cooper. Yeah, very much what she would do. <laughs> Even Liss, Liss also wrote in. I just want to say again, thank you guys so much for your your theories. Thank you for just your... It, even if you're just sending in your rants into the void about what you feel about Riverdale, I just want you to know we read them and we appreciate them. It makes us feel not so lonely. So thank you so much. You can send in your own Riverdale theories and Riverdale thoughts to page7podcasts at gmail.com. Now Liss said, which this is something I didn't remember at all, Season one, Alice tells Polly that she's no longer her mother, a la Betty this season. I don't know what all this means or if it means anything other than we're running low on creative ideas, (laughs) but... All of the dead are back in New Riverdale. We are essentially recreating season one. I'm here for it. Um, I, I'm here for it too, Liz. It's very hard for me not to project all of the thinking I've done about Succession onto Riverdale because if they both had their final seasons. They are very, very similar shows. Very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one show is succinct and excellent in every way, and one show is Riverdale. And um, but like the way that in succession you realize that everything that has been said throughout the entire show meant something, you know, and yes. and I'm not going to say the specific, but there's a moment where something happens in the final scene of the finale where it it is new information and it recasts everything just ever so slightly. It's like this and and then you but you can go back and look at all the dialogue from the previous seasons and be like, oh, oh my God, this has always been true, but they didn't really like this is like a reference to something that's always been going on, but we didn't even really know it. Like if the Riverdale writers are doing that level of like knowing all of the episodes and the text and the, as so well that they can be like, this is something that Alice said in season one and we are bringing it back. Like it's possible. I mean, these people, it's possible. These people must, you know, eat, sleep and breathe Riverdale lines. Can you imagine? Yes. And especially like, I don't know if they've been doing that since the first season, but like we know that in the writer's room that they are writing for the characters. So like, wouldn't you like really be obsessed with your own character and your own character's storyline? Totally. Especially if your character that you're assigned is Alice Cooper. What a rich text, man. Alice is great in this episode because the entire time Alice (laughs) is pissed because she has no control over Betty. She also is pissed because she and Hal usually do like an like spooky night where they dress up in tattered clothing and they watch scary obviously like not very scary movies on rivw and so she was pissed off at veronica for putting on the ghost show while it was taking viewers away from what people usually watch and even veronica was like well what you do is a family show and what i'm doing isn't really a family show it's more a teen show but what do you think is going to happen because all right so essentially what ends up going on with the ghost show is Veronica 
puts on, you know, a bit of a review and which is great. And there's a Rocky Horror song that is sung by Cheryl and TT and Kevin and Clay. In the, as they play ca- the characters of the dead students of Riverdale High who died just a few years ago, by the way. Just a few years ago. Can you imagine how in, po- in such poor taste that would be if four kids at your high school had died in a car accident and then a few years later they did like a funny, sexy burlesque about it? Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was <laughs> like, if this had happened like 30 years ago, like like that would be one thing. But you like, could be like, oh, town's town ghost story. If it's yeah, you got to be at least long enough ago that no one who's still alive is still devastated by it. And this is just something that is like, I'm not really complaining because it's all it's Riverdale. But it is Riverdale so, jughead. so funny to me to be like, yeah, a few years ago, a bunch of teens died. It's like everyone would know their names. Everyone yes. would still be sad about it. This is so sad. And they're just like, oh, we're the dead teenagers who died. We're sexy, we're singing. And we're kissing. (laughs) Which would be very, even to the, like, I feel like, I know it's a teen show, but I do feel that everyone would be very shocked. Oh, yeah. By Cheryl Cheryl and Titi kissing. In front front of of everybody. everybody. Yeah. And it's very bold. And everyone, yeah, they kind of, yeah, it's interesting. They kind of, afterwards, they're all having a debrief at Pops and um, Midge, Midge and Cheryl have a special moment in this episode because Cheryl usually has a sleepover on Halloween night for the Vixens. But Tony is like, do you want to come do this this um, burlesque show with me? And Cheryl's like, oh, I'm supposed to host this sleepover. But like, yeah, I kind of do want to do this with you. And then Midge comes to Cheryl and Midge is like, I don't want to go to the sleepover. I want to go watch Fangs perform. And Cheryl's like, no, it's a tradition. You have to. And then she's like, you know what? Actually, I don't want to do it either. Um, so let let's like team up and like let's confess our secrets to each other about why we don't want to do it and why we need to go to this show. Well, especially it was after Penelope was being her own Penelope Blossom self and was straight up like, I know that you like to kiss girls, Cheryl. So instead of all of the girls sleeping in your room, you're going to sleep out in the middle of like the great hall instead, so that she could like keep an eye on them, which also fuck you, Penelope yeah. Blossom. Yes, fuck you and fuck Julian. We'll talk more about Julian later, but Ugh. BP added more than $70 billion to the US economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less, today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
But so there's this very special moment where basically before the burlesque show, they kind of agree to make a little pack. We find out afterwards that they pretended that they had influenza, which, you know, in an age without social media, maybe it really is possible to just lie to your friends and say that you stayed home and then go to a party. But they were at the big (laughs) party that everybody was at. everyone in town was at. So probably it will get back to their friends that they lied about it uh, in a town like Riverdale. But so they go to and then afterwards they're all at Pops talking and we basically realize that Cheryl has told Midge her secret, which is that she is gay um, and in a relationship with Tony. And Midge has told Cheryl her secret, which is that she's pregnant. And because I forgot that that's still a secret. And but also, how many months pregnant is she? Because she is not showing. And at this point, she must be like four or five months pregnant, right? Yeah, but with a with a like a taut teenager, you know, with a first pregnancy, you Doesn't might not really show. show. I didn't really I didn't tell people I was pregnant with Freddie until like 20 weeks, which is halfway through like four or five months because I wasn't showing enough to I could hide it. Um, so it's it's. You know, that's I feel like that's the whole uh, I didn't know I was pregnant thing. Like teenagers get pregnant. I'm so scared of it. <laughs> and I'm still scared of it. And I'm 35. <laughs> it's like, you know, they some and some people still like, you know, bleed monthly when they're pregnant. And so everyone when that show was out, everyone was like these fucking idiots. And it's like, yeah, like teenagers are irregular. It's very, very if I had gotten pregnant as a teenager, I would absolutely not have known until, no. you know, until you start start showing. And even then you might try to figure out a way for it to not be that because psychologically you're like no so yeah midge is i totally forgot that it was still a secret but of course it is because it's 1955 you can't just be a pregnant girl in high school without getting chased out of town no so they're in this nice little pack together and they're like wow i can't believe you guys kissed on stage and they kind of write it off like oh you know it was the moment i got swept up in it it was a ghost show like everybody knows it was just part of the show no one will be too worried about it and i agree with you jackie i think everyone would be freaking scandalized if yes. that had happened in 1955 and it, I mean everybody cheered so like of right course. on it's cool but it's yeah it's definitely a, a bold choice I do also feel like between that and Alice Cooper snuck in and like watched what was happening during like the burlesque side of the of the show mm-hmm. between that and the kiss this is gonna be this is gonna blow the fuck up yeah 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 There's no way it's not like I feel like it's going to be Alice Cooper's new like new mission to shut down the Babylonian. Absolutely. Of course. And it's going to be. Yeah. She's now Alice Cooper has ammunition against Cheryl, um, which, you know, Alice is always in bed with the blossoms and she needs. She's such a gossipy bitch. She needs all the dirt she can get. So, yeah, definitely. And the best part of Alice in this episode is that she's dressed in this like ridiculous Halloween. outfit. She looks great. She looks like she just got electrocuted. (laughs) Yeah. Her hair is all gray and sprayed and standing up. And she has kind of like zombie makeup on but she's just like furious the whole episode she's just like storming around (laughs) yelling at Betty sneaking into the show and spying on the teenagers so yeah that's that piece meanwhile Julian Blossom is out wilding with the Bulldogs even though stupid shitty Uncle Daddy was like hey no wilding tonight boys can we bring back the phrase wilding because I really feel like I I was like yeah we went wilding yeah, yeah it, it was crazy. You know, it's an interesting choice that they brought that up because what I remember the word wilding being originally used for, or at least the fir- I should say the first time I heard wilding was in the context of the coverage of the Central Park Five, which happened in the 90s. Oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I wanted to, I thought it was fun. <laughs> it is fun. But it was used as like, that's what the, which of course all those five kids were innocent, but it was, the, all the coverage was the boys were wilding. That's what teens oh. do. So it is interesting that Riverdale used that word because that was the word that was described to be like, what, you know, when teens are out terrorizing people that, and, and it was called, like, they call it wild. So in this context in Riverdale in 1955, these, you know, Julian and the 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 white bulldogs are in their car going around smashing pumpkins and, and not the band. Yes, they are not the band, unfortunately. It would be and, weird. Talk about anachronistic if they were, or I guess not non-anachronistic. <laughs> um if they were just like dressed like Billy Corgan and like all of the members <laughs> of Smashing Pumpkin and be like, wait a second, it's 1955. And they're smashing pumpkins and so we've got the ghost show going on. We got the wild going on. And we've got 
the um what, threesome. The threesome. And what the threesome ah, is up to, ah. they have added a fourth, who is Dilton Doily, who's wearing a giant pumpkin on his head, pretending to be a little well, boy. Because Reggie, <laughs> Reggie grew up in Duck Creek, and he's never, ever celebrated Halloween before. And I think it's really cute that Betty and Archie are like, you know what? We should go, we should go teach Reggie about Halloween tonight. But of course, as teenagers, they are they weren't allowed outside of the house at night. So and of course, my brain, because I didn't have Jeff to talk to, uh, like kept getting wrapped up of like, but they're not supposed to leave the house. Why are any of their parents letting them leave the house? Like, I understand Alice Cooper wasn't there, but like all of the other parents, like Uncle Daddy, if you don't want him out wildin', why didn't you keep him from going out that night when none and like yeah. all the kids at the teen party? Totally. Where are all of their parents? Totally. Like, Uncle Daddy, you are the adult in charge. Like, you, if you don't want them out, you should know where they are you know um, yes ideally make a separate age-appropriate event for them to do like be like let's watch movies or something but anyway uh yeah they so just doily is the, is the doily. kid <laughs> as a kid which is hilarious and he's like yeah i'm down whatever um and so that they can so that that uh betty archie and reggie can be like the adults uh, um escorting him on trick-or-treating and they get to show reggie trick-or-treating and then when they see the wilding bulldogs, um, uh, Dilton Doily is like, I'm wearing a pumpkin on my head. <laughs> Those guys are smashing pumpkins with baseball bats. I want to go home. So they're like, fine, fourth wheel, you can leave. And then they go to a haunted house. What haunted house was that, by the way? Where were they? they was that just were, an abandoned house? They were at the house where Ethel's parents were killed. Oh. They were at Ethel's old house. What, they went to a real haunted house, you fucking they idiots. They went to a real murder house. You idiots, you went to a crime scene? Yes, they went to a crime uh, scene. That's why all the glass was smashed. They had the like, I don't know, you must have missed because like right at the beginning, and I will say it was fast, they like glossed over a picture of Ethel and her oh, parents okay. like on the floor. Okay. Yeah, I totally missed that. I was like, where are they? But they're so they're kind of there to be Oh crap, Azilla. What? I was wrong about before. What? Okay, so what ends up happening? All right. I don't mean to do like a rush of the sexy side of this that, you know, the whole time, you know, they like Betty's like, OK, first we have to go trick or treating and then Delton Doily is done. And then they're like, we have to go to a graveyard and Forgot about the graveyard. Uh, yeah. And essentially Reggie and Archie had made a deal right. because they both wanted to kiss Betty. And they're like, all right, whoever she's like leaning towards by the end of the night, the other one scrams. Yeah. And it's a nice little I, gentleman's agreement they had. Gentleman's agreement. I think that, that, you know, I understand. Now, they did that, and Reggie realized, Reggie, like, oh, God, they have a moment in front of Fred's grave. I know. Archie, oh! Leave it to Archie to be like, we're having a sexy Halloween night, and then he's like, I'm going to go stand in front of my to dad's look at my grave. dad. I need to go look at my dad's grave. And then grave. Betty's like, oh, yeah, maybe we should have come to the graveyard where your dead father is buried. I'm sorry. Yeah, and dude. Archie's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, Which I actually thought that he was pretty chill about it. And yeah. then they go to Ethel's murder house, and when they get there, Reggie's essentially like, look, bro, you won the girl. Yeah. I'm going to get out of here. Right. You stay with her. So yeah. they are in. And so before what I was wrong about is the fact that when they so Betty and Archie kiss uh -huh. and then they uh, and then they unlock their lips and Betty sees out the window the milkman. But the milkman wasn't outside of the Cooper household. He was outside of Ethel's house. Uh -huh. But also what was he doing there? Yeah. Why was he at the house? But wait a second. He went to that house after he's already murdered somebody. And later on in the episode, he goes to the house where he has where he had already, already murdered, murdered somebody because they're so at Ethel's why? house where the milkman murdered Ethel's parents. And then later we see that he has been at Brad Rayberry's house where the milkman had murdered Brad Rayberry. So yes. he revisiting his crime scenes. But why? But why? Or is he follow? Is he revisiting crime scenes? Or is he following Archie and Betty? But if he is following Archie and Betty, then why would he end up back at Brad Rayberry's house? Or did he assume that like Ethel was going to be at her old house and he was going to go clean up the job? Maybe he's looking for Ethel. <gasps> yeah, maybe he's looking for Ethel. He went back to Ethel's house to find her, and then he goes back to Brad Rayberry's house to find Ethel, who is, of course, st staying 
At Brad Rayberry's house. Dead man's apartment. It's open. <laughs> Let anybody stay there. Why the police not? don't care. We know that for sure. Oh, crap. Zilla. Wow. Whoa. Okay. Right. Well, now we've got so much to think of. Even someone in one of their emails, and I, again, appreciate the emails, that, that someone wrote that like, Man, it's kind of fun to theorize. This it was also from Zin. Zin, great email. <laughs> it's a great season, though. It's I will say it makes theorizing a lot more easy and engaging because we can actually hope to predict something. That's the thing. Whenever we would, <laughs> when, that's exactly right. Last in previous seasons, we would make predictions. I, it was like trying to predict what a two-year-old would say. It's just like I don't know. Anything could happen. Like. Is this going to happen? Oh, maybe. Like, it felt so pointless. Whereas in this, now it's so exciting because it's like, no, no, no. This season makes sense. They're obviously doing things on purpose. And there must be a reason why the milkman was at Ethel's parents' house and at Brad Rayberry's house. So it does make theories way more fun now that the season is good again. Because also we didn't even bring up the fact that, like, Jughead had like a menti bee up top of this episode about milk and everyone was like, Every milk's everywhere, milk's everywhere. And like he's just like seeing people drink milk and everybody's pouring milk. And it was just like, <laughs> at first I was like, man, there's a lot of milk consumption in Riverdale. But I also remember it's 1955. They drank milk like with everything. Yeah, they really did drink a lot of milk back then. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Jughead is like, there's a scene where he just comes into the kids like lounge at school and he's like, everybody stop drinking milk. Stop and drinking milk, get powdered milk. <laughs> everybody just looks at Chuck at it is like that crazy guy <laughs> but he's right because how does this episode end that's right it ends back at Brad Rayberry's house are we ready to go there or is there anything we need to wrap up with they with Archie and and um Betty no just that they kiss just she's they, like I saw somebody just that they kiss but I do want to talk about the fact that on his walk home um because Reggie left because he's like bro yes, you take her yes. And so Reggie left and is walking home in his really cute spaceman outfit. And I do also want to say, again, why did Mrs. Andrews make them both costumes if the teens weren't supposed to go out for Halloween? And he's like, man, you, your mom really made this really great costume. I was like, why is she making you a costume? Yeah. I know it would have made more sense if there was like an alternate programming for the teens. Like the teens all have to go to the ghost show. Yeah, right. Like, but, but if, no, like but an something adult, sanctioned, an adult yes. approved one. If there was like a teen dance or something that they were supposed to go to for the adults uh, to approve. But yeah, somehow, somehow Molly Ringwald made them very cute little Halloween outfits. And as always, we want to say shout out to the costume department of Riverdale because they looked great. They looked great. And also how cute was Reggie when they were trick or treating and she opened up the door and they all got into like, like, like actor mode. It was so cute. There was See, a, that's a thing. Yes. I know you want Jughead in that threesome, but Reggie is looking, I've never, Reggie's never been my groinal. And <laughs> lately he's, I mean, between him and Fangs, I don't know what to do with my, and Titi, I don't know what to do with myself. And there was a very cute moment between Archie and Reggie where they were in Reggie's room dressing up in their costumes and um, Archie's like a Roy Rogers type and um, Reggie's like a space band guy and they like both like draw their little guns on each other and point to each other and then they like do it again and maybe that will be some sort of foreshadowing but in the moment it just feels like little like they're just little boys playing together it and it was cute. like really sweet yeah it was a nice little moment and also weirdly having I know that you shouldn't talk about like ownership over someone else but I will say for two 16 year olds talking about having a crush on the same girl I actually thought it was fairly communicative. Absolutely. That they were like, we obviously both like this girl, but like, let her take the lead and then we'll listen to and each other. And who she chooses, yes. we will listen to. And totally. I was just like, wow, 1955, 16-year-old boys, fairly impressed. But I like that from a writing point of view to be like, again, like, even if we're telling stories of the past, it's nice to not always have to recreate all of the awful things and to be like, what if yes. in this version of 1955, the two boys can talk to each other about valuing what a girl wants? Like, just a nice little touch that is that. Yeah, totally. It just made the whole that whole plot line feel just really nice and not at all gross you and know? not yucky. It yeah. wasn't yucky at all. It was literally right. just like, let's let her choose. Yeah. And I loved that. Yes. But then Reggie gets approached by Julian in the convertible. Their costumes were scary. <laughs> like they're they're wild in costumes. I was like, those are creepy. Yeah, they were really creepy. And they're like, get in. And does Reggie just say yes? Like, 
Why does he go with them? He hesitates, but he's just like, all right. And I was so shocked. I was like, don't get don't into get that, into that car, car. I know. Don't go wild in with these toe boys. I know. I know. But this is like, this is actually what teenagers do. They make peer pressure, impulsive choices based on peer pressure. And, and, oh, we'll talk about the, what we find out at the very end in a moment. But what, so the two the two big punches at the end. So Archie and Betty come home and they're about to kiss again, which also love, love, love. Right. And someone did remind me too that Archie and Betty are also endgame because Tabitha was asked if Archie and Betty were endgame, and it just depends on on like which time they in many like an, a, what timeline they're in. Mm-hmm. So they're also endgame. Wow. So I was wrong about that too. It's not just Veronica and Archie that are endgame. Betty and Archie are also endgame. Yeah, and anybody with eyes can see that they are the real endgame. I'm sorry. I know we're such Barchies here. I know we are such Barchies. Veronica just hasn't found somebody who's right for her yet. No, but right. So they're 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 on the step. Alice, still in her costume, comes out and she's like, "How dare you!" She interrupts the kiss, and Betty's like, "I thought you weren't my mother anymore." I love like, that response. <laughs> I thought you weren't my mother anymore. I'm gonna do whatever the hell I want. But then what happens? Basically, Alice is like, "Yeah, I'm not," but you still live in this house yeah, and you're get not allowed inside. to stay out late. So just get inside. And meanwhile, which again, I also wanted to say the reason why I kept saying up top, she couldn't decide on a bed. So she tried all three when Betty came downstairs in her Goldilocks outfit and her breasts are all pushed up. And she just went, she couldn't decide on a bed. So she tried all three. (laughs) And I was like, my panties just dripped (laughs) off of my body. (laughs) And in that scenario, she had walked down the stairs to three boys, the third of whom was Dilton Doily. So I want Dilton to get some action somewhere in this season. You know, there are really only two boys that are, are that are Betty's real prospects right now, but Dilton oh, was the third boy. Frickin' frack. There's actually three gut punches in the e- end of this episode. The first gut punch is when Cheryl and Titi and Midge and Fangs are at Pops and Cheryl and Titi are holding hands publicly being very, very <gasps> brash. You're right. And Evelyn ever never sees them. Yes. And that she was the, the first look, gut punch. She, the look in her eyes when she sees them is oh, the look of the devil. Of her 40-year-old eyes. Because <laughs> so again, old. she is a full-grown adult that we knew was pretending to be a high schooler, so I'm not quite sure now. Is she still a full-grown <laughs> adult pretending to be a high schooler or in this timeline is she just a high schooler we don't know we don't know but she saw so that was the first gut punch i forgot about that thank you the second gut punch is back at brad rayberry's house where jughead is on his way back to the apartment he once again sees the old cat lady and he drops off ethel and she was just so expected of maybe she could get a kiss i know oh my god the look on her face someone kiss ethel i know someone really needs to kiss ethel but the old lady is like oh i thought you were the milkman and jughead's like what why and she's like i heard the jingling of the bottles just recently again and i thought that he was back just like last time and jughead's like shit jingle jangle of the milk bottles and he runs to the apartment where who is dead on the floor? He breaks down the door, which also, how hot was he breaking down that door? It makes I know. me so mad whenever I get turned on by Jughead now. I'm like, God damn I know. it. I know. It's Ugh. very upsetting. I'm very attracted to him in this season. It's not okay, but it's happening. <laughs> and so he busts down the door and the milkman is dead on the floor. <gasps> and Ethel is standing there with the knife in her hand. <gasps> I was, I allowed, was like, what? Do you remember what she says? She says something, but I don't remember what she says, but she's just standing there with a knife in her hand. Um, And so that's obviously not looking good for Ethel. And so that's punch two. And then punch three is Archie is asleep in bed. Uncle Daddy comes in and says, wake up. There's been a car accident a whole car full of bulldogs went into the river and Archie sits up 
And of course, at first we're just like, oh, Julian and those bastards. But then who is not in his bed? Reggie is not Reggie, in his bed. Reggie was in the car. Oh my God. Reggie was in the car. It is so- He can't die. It is so weird to finish an episode of Riverdale and be like, I want to watch more Riverdale. More. I was so, I did. I went, no. <laughs> like at the end of the episode, I was so mad. This episode was so good. It went so fast. It did. That like, I couldn't believe it was over. It was really Maybe good. it was because I wasn't stoned while I watched it, but <laughs> I was just like, wow. Oh my God. It is my, probably my favorite episode of the season so far. And that's saying something. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all. Yeah. I don't think that this is the musical episode, though, but I do appreciate the Rocky, even though, like, it had nothing to do with the time warp, which is uh, which is That's what you would thing. assume. We thought they would do the time warp because we are in a time warp. And it is, you know, one of the more famous songs from Rocky Horror, but they didn't, and that's fine. Maybe it's coming later. Um, I don't think this was the musical episode either. I don't think a Fangs number and a burlesque number makes it the musical episode. No. But it was it oh, was a musical in episode. The afterlife. <laughs> you will be headed for some serious strife. <laughs> oh, I can't believe it's a squirrel does it for song. So good. Now I want to read, I know that we're at the end of our episode, but there's a couple of theories that we didn't get to that I do want to bring up. Oh, good. Vivian wrote in and says, I do have a theory why we have Julian instead of JJ and no Polly. I could be totally wrong on this. Well, they said Peggy, but I'm pretty sure they mean Polly because I couldn't, in my head, I was like, is there a Peggy? What Peggy am yeah. I not thinking of Got, right now? Gotta be Polly. I could be totally wrong on this, but they're in the suite hereafter. Is there anyone else who's in the suite hereafter who made the time jump back? If so, my theory is totally blown. And so it's depending on whether or not they're in the suite hereafter, which is, as we, if I remember correctly, kind of like a middle like a like a purgatory uh, yeah right it could just be that simple that they were already dead but i guess i'm not surprised that we don't have jason because jason was already dead it makes sense he's in the suite hereafter it makes sense that we don't have polly polly was already dead but what's weird about polly but so is hal right yeah yeah good question but hal wasn't in the suite hereafter probably because he's not he wouldn't go to heaven. He would go to hell. <laughs> I also want to shout out Taint Your Mom, Oren, who wrote in because you made MJ and I both laugh so hard. They said, I've started watching the seventh season um, and I'm completely on board with your shitting on Archie's Uncle Daddy. I thought, oh no, everyone on this show is so attractive in one way or another, but Uncle Daddy is an old boot. <laughs> he looks like a shittier drawing of the villain from Tarzan, Clayton with half of the charisma. Let's hope Uncle Daddy dies in a fire <laughs> that no one can save him from because there's no fire department. <laughs> Let's Let's hope his burns can't be cured like Penelope Blossom's. Remember how burned Penelope Blossom was, by the way? God, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot about that, Oren. And I just want to say thank you so much for saying that he looks like an old boot. I think it's so funny. It's so good. Every time I see him, I'm like, why are you here? Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, and why is Julian there? Like, unless, if the theory is that anyone in the suite hereafter can't come back, but anyone in hell can come back. We remember, Julian Julian was like the third <laughs> twin, the third triplet who didn't make it out of. Who didn't the, make it? He like didn't even make it out of the out of the womb. I think. Yeah. So did that fetus die and go to hell, and that's why Ju Julian is able to come back? Yikes! Right? Where's Chase? <laughs> <laughs> because he's evil. He's obviously. Yeah, I mean, evil. he is evil. It was for the I best. He wasn't <laughs> born, but still. Ooh. I don't think I don't think most fetuses go to hell, but I think Julian Blossom probably does, and yes. so maybe that's why we have Julian and not Jason. I'm just spitballing. I know I love here. the spitballs. Know. You know, you know, I live for it, and I live for Riverdale. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this week's episode of Riverdale Roundup, and thank you again for your theories and just for your rants into the void. If we don't bring it up, I still want you to know we are reading them and enjoying them and nodding along, going yes, yes, we're with you, yes. 
And so your your it doesn't fall upon deaf eyes over here at Riverdale Roundup. And thank you so much, MJ, for watching this amazing episode today. And um, I feel great and I can't wait. We're going to be back next week. We'll be a couple days later than usual. But um, don't worry, we'll be out on Monday and it's going to be a gas as they say. They keep saying it's going to be a gas. Oh, it's going to be a gas. It is going to be a gas. Thank you, Jackie. This is really a great, great pleasure. Yes. Love you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm this show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.